Good evening, beloved. Uh, welcome to this uh, evening's message. Uh, wonderful to be with you and to have the privilege of sharing with you again in the book of Revelation. We are starting with chapter 5. Uh, what a privilege to, to study this amazing book. Now, before we continue, let's just open in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the book of Revelation, that we can once again study it, and thank you that we can see uh, how amazing Christ is. We pray that as we look at Christ, as we look to Him, Father, that we will be edified and we will get to know Him and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, enable me as your servant, Father, please, to, to make it clear and... Uh, Yes, may your name be glorified in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, now when we look at Revelation chapter 5, we basically see that it's a continuation of the vision that we studied in chapter 4. Now the scroll that is being spoken of in chapter 5 has seven messages, and each of these messages has been sealed, and it's sealed with the authority of God. So the only one or the only thing that will be able to open up the seal, now that the seals on the scroll, would be somebody that has the authority that is given by God so that that person can then open up the scroll, you know, the seals of that specific scroll. Now the breaking of the seals would basically reveal the message that is inside each part of the scroll. Now, our, how can I say, when we read chapter 5, we see that the scroll actually had writing on both sides. Now, normally, in, in, when, when you normally look at a scroll, uh, they would be writing on the one side. All right, But this scroll is different. There's writing on both sides. And John MacArthur, when he speaks about the scroll that is written on the inside and on the back, he says the following. He says, this is typical of various kinds of contracts in the ancient world including deeds, marriage contracts, um, rental and lease agreements, and also wills. He says the inside of the scroll contained all the details of the contract, and the outside or the back contained a summary of the document. Now, in this case, it almost certainly is a deed. And he says he calls it the title deed of the earth or the title deed to the earth. Now, I want you to note, as we read um, Revelation chapter 5, who has the scroll? You, you will see that the scroll is in God's position. It's not as if anybody has got the scroll. I, I know that there's a teaching that said when Adam and Eve uh, sinned against God in the Garden of Eden, that Satan took the, the, the title deeds of the earth. And when Jesus Christ died on the, on the cross, then Jesus Christ took back the title deeds of the earth. Beloved, I, 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 I just can't grasp that. Because God is not that weak. God is the one who created heaven and earth. Yes, we know that sin came into the world, but he immediately made a plan. And he had a plan from the foundation of the earth that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, would become human, take on the form, human nature, and die for the sins of the world. He, he took care of the sin issue. But when it comes to the earth, we know that Satan is the god of this world. All right, And that he can do certain things with, 
with non-believers. And he can actually do certain things with the earth as well. But beloved, the, the earth in its fullness, everything around it, the, the expanse, everything belongs to God. Because God is the creator. Right now, we read in verse 1 of chapter 5, it says, And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Now, it's important to note that we are told basically nothing of what is in this scroll. We can speculate, but nothing is actually said to, to tell us exactly what is in the scroll. See, this is one of those mysteries, and I believe it will remain a mystery until we are in heaven with God and we can sit at his feet and we can speak to him face to face and ask him, please tell us what was in that scroll. We know what happens if when the seals were opened up. Yes, the book of Revelation uh, gives us a revelation of what happens when the seals open up, but what is written in the scroll, that's something completely different. We don't know. But notice that the scroll is in the right hand of God the Father. Right? It means that it is on the side of God, which basically represents authority, power, strength, and might. The right hand of God the Father is, a, let's say, a position or a place of authority, a place of power and strength and might. And it's not as if anybody can go and take out or take the, the scroll from the hand of the Almighty God. Just go and take it. No, no, no. Because it's on the powerful side of the Almighty God. And we know that Jesus Christ, when he ascended to heaven, uh, he, he is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Now he's at the right hand of God. So it is kind of logical that Jesus will be the one who will be able to open up the scroll because he is on the side where the scroll is. I, I read somewhere in a commentary that, that somebody said that it seems as if Jesus already had the scroll in his hand because he's at the right hand of the Father. All right, but I believe that God had the scroll in his right hand, Jesus seated at the right hand, and at the end of the day, he would be the one worthy to open up the scroll. Now we see that the scroll is rolled up and it's sealed, all right? Uh, and it's intended only to be opened up by the one that is able to open it up. We read, read, we read that the scroll is basically sealed with seven seals, and this means that it is closed in completeness. It has to take somebody that is complete, perfect, to be able to open up the scroll. And beloved, these, these seals uh, could be opened up one at a time or all at once. It depends on the one who will be opening up the seals. And now we know from the book of Revelation that these seals were opened up one after the other. And every time something happened, once the seals were opened up. Right, but it's amazing that we can see a picture. We, we see this vision with John uh, of what happens in heaven. And we see the scroll in the hands of the Almighty God with Jesus Christ at his right hand and Jesus Christ being the one who is worthy, who is able to open up the scrolls, the, the scroll, to break the seals of the scroll and reveal 
the content thereof, even though we don't know what the content is. Now, when we get to verse 2, we see, Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, and this is what the angel said, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? Now, beloved, I believe that the reason that a strong angel is mentioned here is to show that no one on earth or in heaven were capable of opening up the scroll or the seals of that scroll. And it, take a, it took a strong angel to proclaim with this loud voice to say, who is worthy? You see, it takes strength, even more strength than the strength of the strong angel that is proclaiming with a loud voice who is able to open up the scroll. The loud voice basically tells us that it is um, as if the angel is calling out to see who will come forth to open up the book or the scroll. So there's this loud shout from a strong angel crying out who is worthy or who is able, eh? who is worthy to open up the scroll and loosen its seals. This loud voice of the angel calling and, and kind of saying to the earth and saying to the heavens, anyone? Is anyone worthy? Can anyone open up this seal? You see, this, this voice of the angel has to be loud enough for everyone to hear. Now there's an important note that we can make here. It doesn't take strength to open up the scroll. Even though this was a strong angel that announced and, and, and declared who is worthy to open up the seals, but it doesn't take strength to open up the scroll. Uh, the scroll. I believe it takes holiness. It takes to be right with God. It takes someone who is equal to God, and that's why only Jesus Christ was able to open up the seals and to open up the scroll, because as he opened up the seals and the scrolls, what was decided before the foundation of the earth in the Godhead, now between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, those things started being revealed. Those things start happening. And, and obviously, this can only be done by the, the second person of the Trinity, God the Son. So that these things that are, are, are basically in, shown in the, the, the scroll or the seals that are broken so that these things can start happening on the earth. Now, when we get to verse 3, we read the following. It says, And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. This is an interesting one. There was no one that was able to, to basically open up the scroll. All right. No one was qualified. No one in, in, in heaven, that means none of the angels, none of the human beings on the earth, and none of the created creatures on the earth, none of the created uh, creatures even under the earth, those who have died and, and, has, uh, died, yeah, and, and was buried already, nobody could open up the scroll. But not only open it up, they couldn't even look at it, which means they couldn't open it up to reveal the content of the scroll. You see, beloved, there's some things that human beings just cannot do. And this statement here in verse 3 basically shows us 
that Jesus is, you know, not like human beings or created animals or any other thing. Jesus Christ is unique. He's the Son of God. He's the only begotten, unique, one of a kind, never to be repeated again, Son of God. He is the only one that is worthy, that is able to open up this, the seals of the scroll and to reveal the content of the scroll. He's the only one that is capable of doing it. And this statement in verse 3 basically tells us that regardless of where a strong man could be located on the earth or in the heavens or under the earth or wherever, that person doesn't have the power to open up the scroll. You see, there are some things like judgment, uh, like opening up the scroll, like being the king of kings and lord of lords. Those things are not reserved for people. It's reserved for Christ Jesus alone. And as I said before, it seems as if the, the seven sealed scroll is the title deed of the earth. That's what John MacArthur said in his commentary. Now, if it is the title deeds of the earth, that means that Jesus Christ has the title deeds of the earth. The whole earth and the fullness thereof, everything on it, belongs to Christ. He's the holder of the title deeds of the earth. Now, in practical terms, it seems as if God the Father holds the title deed, and he was waiting for Jesus Christ to return to this earth. So, and he gives the... Uh, to, to return from the earth uh, into glory, to be in heaven. And now we have this picture of, or this vision of God taking the, the title deeds and Jesus Christ is the one that, who is able to take the deeds, take that scroll and to open it up and to release the seals. Oh, what a beautiful picture. What a beautiful vision. Now, beloved, this powerful scene in heaven basically indicates to us that only Jesus Christ is qualified to open up the seals of the scroll. And that makes Jesus Christ unique. Now, if we want to remember when we talk about the book of Revelation, now we are talking about a revelation of Jesus Christ. It's telling us more of Christ and who he is. And here we see that he is the only one worthy of opening up the scroll. And if he's the only one that is worthy to open up the scroll, it tells us how awesome Jesus Christ is, how great he is, how elevated he is above anything or anyone. He is who he is. Oh, beloved, it, this vision of John just tells us that Jesus Christ is unique. Jesus Christ is all-powerful. Jesus Christ is the only one who has the ability to open up the scroll. You see, Jesus Christ is the only one who died to redeem God's people. And because he's the one who died, he lived a perfect life. He died for our sin. He was buried. And he rose from the grave. He ascended into heaven to the right hand of God. And from there, he takes the scroll the title deeds of the earth, and it means that he is now in full control of anything and everything that happens on the earth. Yo. And the thing is, what we need to say to one another is, only someone with the proper authority, he must have the proper authority, could open the scroll, you know, by removing the seals. 
And Jesus is the only one with that proper authority. Beloved, that makes Christ so much, so, or so awesome. It, it, what can we do but to worship him? What can we do but to bow our knees before him in adoration and in worship and praise? For he is worthy. He is the one with the proper authority. Only he can open up the scrolls by removing the seals. Now, let me ask you a few questions. If we talk about judgment, for example, who has the right to judge the world? Is there any human being or any um, entity or anyone on this earth that is, has the right to judge the world? Or is it only Christ? Jesus Christ himself who has the right to judge the world. Beloved, and when we talk about the proper authority to open up the scrolls, as who can reveal what is written or hidden in that scroll? It is only Jesus Christ. Just as Jesus Christ is the only one who can really judge the world in righteousness, he is the only one who can reveal the, the, what is hidden in that scroll. And who can execute what is written in that scroll? So he opens up the scroll and then executes what is said in the scroll that needs to be done. Again, it is Christ Jesus and him alone. Beloved, no man, literally no one, or nothing could be found among mankind or angels who had the authority to remove the seals and to reveal the content of the scroll. Only one was found, and that is the second person of the Godhead, God the Son. Oh, this is absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing about Christ. And then we get to verse 4. And John writes and he says, So I wept much. Because no one was found worthy to open and to read the scroll or to look at it. See, nobody can even look at that scroll except Jesus Christ. You see, John began to cry because it seemed as if there was no one to open up the scroll. Remember, at that stage, Christ hasn't yet taken the scroll and opened it up. So John is looking at this vision and he starts crying. He is, he is broken because that seal needs to be the seals need to be broken so that the scroll can be revealed but there's no one there's no one worthy to even look inside the seal but then we know verse 5 it says the following one of the elders said to me this is now in this vision one of the elders and remember the elders are the representatives of the saints in the Old Testament and the New Testament, nah? representatives of all the ages, those who are saints, those who, yeah, who, who believe. So one of these elders said to John, he said, Do not weep. Behold, and then he says these words, The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Oh, beloved, amazing. It doesn't matter which one of the 24 elders spoke to John. That doesn't matter. One of them spoke to him. And when we look at the phrase, the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
Ah, we can know that this is one of the descriptions of Christ. It's basically um, a description that tells us something about the nature of Christ. And, And when one of the descriptions of Christ is used, it's never ever done by accident. There's always a very good reason for it. Now, since the lion is the king of the beasts, and Judah is basically the ruling tribe of Israel, it probably indicates this this phrase, the lion of the tribe of Judah, it indicates that Jesus Christ, he is the one who is worthy because um, the lion is the king of the beasts, um, Judah is the ruling tribe of Israel, and Jesus Christ is seen as the lion of the tribe of Judah, and in his, let's say, in that description of Christ, he is worthy to open up the scroll. We know that the lion of the tribe of Judah is Jesus Christ. In the Gospel according to Matthew, we are shown that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. It's interesting to note that even though Jesus is a descendant now from David in the flesh, Because, I mean, if you read uh, the Gospel according to Matthew, you can see that uh, Matthew tells us that Jesus is a descendant from King David. But in fact, Jesus is not just a descendant from uh, David the king, uh, according to the flesh. Jesus is David's God. So when it speaks about the phrase, the root of David, obviously it refers to Jesus' incarnation. Uh, Jesus was born from the lineage of David. Ne? And when it says uh, he has prevailed, it basically indicates that Jesus won the battle. He won the battle against Satan. He won the battle against sin. He won the battle against death. Jesus Christ is victorious over every single thing. He won in a way that no one expected, by the way, because nobody th- thought that he was going to to be victorious through death on the cross, it, it was revealed. Jesus already spoke about it, but no one really expected that that would be the victory. But beloved, it is amazing. He's the one who prevailed. He's the one who's victorious. And that is why he is the only one worthy to open up the scroll. He's physically from the lineage of David. He is the one who prevailed over sin and death. And um, he, he has victory over all things. You know, and that's the amazing thing that makes him worthy to open up the scroll. He alone lived upon this earth completely free from sin. Jesus Christ alone is worthy. So, beloved, can you see? Here we start off with chapter 5, and we've just done the first five verses. And in these five verses, what we see is Christ. We see Christ Jesus being, how can I say, there's this painting that is made in front of us, this huge painting on which Christ is painted in such a way that he is worthy to open up the scroll that's at the right hand of the Father and to Break the seals of that scroll. 
Jesus Christ is worthy. Jesus Christ is the ultimate. Jesus Christ is not just worthy, but he is able. And that is because of who he is, his character, his, his, his nature. Christ Jesus is able to open up the scroll and to reveal what is in those scroll in the scroll by opening up obviously to break the seals that is in the scroll absolutely amazing beloved and that is the Jesus that we worship that is the Jesus that we believe in that is the Jesus that we trust with everything that is in us This is the Jesus that saved us. The one that is worthy to open up the scroll is the one who regenerated us. He is the one who went to the cross to die for our sin. He is the one who who died and was buried and rose again on the third day and ascended to heaven and is preparing a place for us in heaven. This is the Jesus that is worthy to open up the scroll. And this is the Jesus you and I worship, serve. This is the Jesus that we need to grow in the knowledge of and in his grace. Obviously, what he has done for us and who he is. We need to grow in, in understanding more and more and more what he has done for us. And we need to understand more and more who he is. And that's what the book of Revelation does. The book of Revelation explains more of who Jesus Christ is. Oh, beloved, I, I, I must say to you that it is so awesome. It is so beautiful to, to get to know Christ better every time we study his word. For he is worthy. No one else. He is worthy. Not just to open up the scroll and to break the seals, but he is worthy to look on the, the, the scroll. He is the one who can look into the scroll, and he is the one who can initiate everything that pertains to what the scroll says. That is the Jesus that we serve. Now, my question to you, well, and it's a question to me as well. If this is the Jesus that we, sh- we serve, this is the Jesus that we worship, this is the Jesus we trust for our salvation, beloved, Can't we trust him for everything in life? Can't we place our trust and our hope in him who is worthy to open up the scroll? I believe we can. For he is not just worthy, he is able to do far bigger and higher and greater than what we can think or pray or think or or do. He is the ultimate. Beloved, and this is the God we worship. This is the the Jesus that we um, celebrate his resurrection every Sunday when we have um, a worship service. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ, that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is not dead. He is alive. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is worthy. He is God. This is the Lord that we worship. I hope that looking at these five verses of chapter 5 has really edified you, has, has given us a glimpse of who Jesus is so that we can adore him more. When we look at him, we can worship him better for who 
and what he is. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Christ. Thank you that the second person of the triune God, of the Godhead, became flesh, dwelled among us, died, was buried, rose from the grave, and ascended into heaven. And thank you that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, is worthy to open up the scroll so that what has to unfold in the future, and we're not there yet, but we're getting there. Those things that are coming in the future, Father, we pray. Uh, And we thank you that we can get to know Christ and know that he is worthy. He opens up that scroll. He breaks the seals. Oh, what a Savior. What a Lord. What a King. What a Master. He alone is worthy. Enable us, Father, to worship him in such a way that is, how can I say, that he is worthy of. That we will never, never bring him down to our level. But, Father, to always realize that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, is the only one worthy in heaven and on earth and under the earth to open up the scroll. Oh, what an awesome God we serve. We pray that during this week, may we please um, have time to, to think and ponder upon these things so that we can grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, Father, we pray this not because we deserve it. We, we pray it because we need, we need you. We need Christ in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.